Welcome to Cerrito Live. I'm your host, Kevin Cerrito. On the other side of the glass, we've got the king of crunch, CJ Hurt. And filling in for a vacationing Johnny Radio. He's taking the sleaze on the road. And filling in, we've got Drew Barrett. You can listen to CJ and Drew on the... uh, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, which we highly recommend you do, you go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast or whatever podcast service you use, subscribe to Cerrito Live on there, and it will automatically update the kind of a bonus podcast every week almost where CJ and Drew yap about sports, and they're going to have a new one they're working on this afternoon. It's going to be coming up. So look for the Playing Hurt podcast with CJ and Drew, but Drew is here filling in for Johnny Radio and what is going to be an action-packed edition of this radio program today so coming up first off our biggest guest of the day coming up at uh, will be a, around twelve forty this afternoon we've got mr belding dennis haskins from saved by the bell scheduled to join us of course he's tennessee's own mr belding he's from chattanooga tennessee this week the biggest viral video in a while hit the internet with the saved by the bell reunion on jimmy fallon he was there he'll talk about that and mr belding of course a big wrestling fan We'll uh, get you guys ready because the wrestling pay-per-view, WWE Fastlane, coming to Memphis in just a couple weeks. We'll have Belding get us up to date with what's going on in the current world of professional wrestling. And maybe we'll throw him uh, and ask him to see what he thinks about a Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in the Mid-South Coliseum. So Mr. Belding joining us at 1230 today. Also on the agenda here on the rundown on the program. We've got Jason Wexler is going to join us on the program at 11.45. He's the president of business operations for the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll talk to him about about a bunch of different things, including wrestling night and uh, the Mid-South Coliseum, the Grizzlies. Oh, what a sad night last night. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, with uh, The streak was on the line in Minnesota, and the Grizzlies unable to to pull off history Last night, we'll get to that in a minute. Kevin Light joins us every week. He'll join us at eleven thirty. Well, he'll and also joining us at that time. We're going to have a special guest, and we'll just you know you'll find out who that is when when we get there. But every week we start the show with former Mississippi State football star, <laughs> Mister Selfie, Mister Sweetie, Marcus Hunter. What's up, Hunter boy? What's going on, Frito? That was a very interesting intro today. I think that's. I've never- you... I, I wouldn't say star. <laughs> Trust me, star would be the last word I would use. Should I just me as a, former Mississippi, Mississippi State football player? Yes, that'll work. Former Mississippi State football player. That's the I, I can deal with that. But you really didn't play much, so you would be a team member, right? Former Mississippi State football uh, team member. Man, why you gotta just bring up that? I'm just saying. You know, I was on the team. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't really matter how much I got a chance to play. I was on the team. <laughs> It was a big accomplishment just to be a part of the team, just to be in the locker room. So that's what I'm saying. You were a team member more than you were a player, though, unfortunately, I guess. I was a teammate. Teammate. (laughs) But, yeah. so I was a teammate. I was on the team. Hey, listen. listen, The work that we did in practice, I mean, listen. I'm telling you, I was on the scout team. I was getting those guys ready to go out there and lose football games. (laughs) Hey, Hey, I couldn't do what you did, Marcus. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm just, hey, just. Hey, listen, man. Listen, I'm not telling you. Just because I didn't play a whole lot, I still had to go through the same rigmarole as everybody else on the team. And yeah, like you said, <laughs> it would be very difficult. I, I would love to see you go through a uh, a morning football workout uh, session that lasts about uh, six weeks. I would love to see you go through that training. No, thank you. No, thank you. But <laughs> so every week, Marcus joins us on the program, and we talk about the trending topics. Let's go ahead and do that right now. Trending topics. 
These are the trending topics here in the sports world in the Mid-South, what people were talking about on social media and around town this week. Every week, uh, your trending topics are brought to you by our friends at Playhouse on the Square. They're located at Union and Cooper in the Overton Square Theater District. Playhouse on the Square is Memphis's only professional theater. It's the perfect place to take it eight. Now playing at Playhouse on the Square is the Rocky Horror Show. It's going... Uh, going on for about another week, and they have a special showing. Listen to this, Marcus. Friday the 13th is next week. I haven't even thought about that. Valentine's Day weekend includes a Friday the 13th this year, and Rocky Horror is what it is, but they're having a special midnight screening on Friday the 13th, so leading off of the the uh, whatever goes into, what would you call Friday the 13th? Uh, it's, uh, not, it's, not a, it's not a scary holiday. What is it? It is, yeah, it's just more of a superstitious, you know, people think that a lot of bad things help happen on Friday the 13th. You know what? It didn't dawn on me until just now that Friday the 13th is this upcoming Friday, which is the day before Valentine's Day. I guess because when you think about February 14th, you just think about love, so it's hard to think about the superstition of Friday the 13th before. So Playhouse on the Square, no better way to, to usher in from the superstitious Friday the 13th to the very romantic Valentine's Day, February 14th. They got a midnight screen. Yeah, I'm going to be... By the way, I'm going to be in the area. I think I'm going to be going to see R. Kelly on the 13th. I think R. Kelly's going to be in town. So I'm going to go see a little R. Kelly up there in the uh, Memphis area at the yeah. Lando Center. You're coming up here to see R. Kelly? Yeah, I'm coming to see R. Kelly. I've actually never seen R. Kelly perform live. He was actually in Jackson uh, when I first got down there, but I didn't get a chance to go to the concert. So, yeah, I'm going to check out R. Kelly. So I'll be up there for the uh, weekend of love. Lander City are getting some good shows down there too. With they have Brad Paisley, I know they have Sunday they have Keith Sweat, uh, Salt and Pepper. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> really good shows. All right, get more. You are really showing your age right now. I'm really showing my age. <laughs> get, get more. Well, inf- I didn't think about that. Get more info about what's playing at Playhouse on the Square. At Playhouse on the Square dot Okay, Marcus. Number one trending story that happened last night. The streak came to an end. There's nothing in sports maybe that I like more than streaks. And the Grizzlies were on uh, franchise tied a franchise tied eight game winning streak. So it's that was their most straight wins in franchise history. Eight. They could have gone for nine last night, and they should have because they were playing the Timberwolves, who are tied for the it's one of the worst two teams in the NBA. Yeah, that was a pretty disappointing loss last night for the Grizzlies. I, I think what, what happened is you had that winning streak going and you knew you were playing a Minnesota team that just really isn't that good, like you said, one of the worst teams in the league. And they probably thought that you just walked up in there and win that game. And considering the next two games that they have coming up, which are going to be extremely tough games, they probably overlooked Minnesota looking ahead towards those tougher games and it snuck up and bit them. Right. It was a trap game, you could say that, because Atlanta happening in Memphis on Sunday, and then Lionel Holland's uh, night. Everybody, don't oh. don't turn on your power Tuesday night. <laughs> we had to turn the clock back to the Stone Ages for Tuesday night's game when Lionel Hollins comes down against the, the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. But, uh, okay, so if you look at... The Atlanta game. I was really hoping you'd have the streak on the line in the Atlanta game, and that's a respectable loss. Your streak goes down to Atlanta at home. People disappointed. The streak kind of ended in the middle. You know, a Friday night road game against the T-Wolves is not a game that everybody's going to be watching in Memphis. You know, the the Grizzlies have the attention of the entire city, but it kind of just kind of happened in the, you know, on a Friday night and it's over instead of what would have been the intention of everybody watching Sunday's game, whether they're packed into what will be a sellout at the Forum or or watching at home was a, a, a possible finals preview on Sunday against Atlanta. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things that when you think about teams that would have the best chance of beating a team like Atlanta, 
it would be the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, you think about it. Atlanta, they run the same kind of offense. That I mean, they're pretty much the same team as San Antonio, and Memphis has had to battle and battle and battle with San Antonio for so many years. And so they're going to know how to play this Atlanta team. And when you get into the playoffs, it's all about the big men. It's slowing the game down, and, and that's what's going to help you be successful in the playoffs. And since the Memphis Grizzlies already played that style, I think if they did meet Atlanta in the finals, it would be a matchup, a matchup that I would actually favor the Grizzlies in. And so this Memphis-Atlanta game is going to be kind of a possible finals matchup. And I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I wouldn't count Memphis out because I think the Grizzlies can actually pull this game out. Right. The Grizzlies will have home court on Sunday. Grizzlies currently uh, second in the, in the Western Conference, but Atlanta is first in the Eastern Conference. And how good is Atlanta? How good are they? Just the other day, they beat the Golden State Warriors 124 to 116. So they're taking down the other awesome surprise team of the year in the Golden State Warriors. This is going to be a pretty awesome matchup on Sunday. Grizz versus Atlanta. Unfortunately, it will not be Grizzlies going in there with a record nine straight wins, putting it on the line against Atlanta at home. Because I guess, and that could be a good thing if you look at it. I mean, if you're going to have your little streak in, you don't want your streak. What if they beat Atlanta on Sunday? They carried the streak in, 10 straight wins against Lionel Hollins on Tuesday, and Hollins was able to end the streak. You didn't want that to happen. No, you wouldn't want that to happen. But, uh, you know, that would if that did happen, I mean, if you're a Grizzlies fan, if you're in Memphis, all you can do is just say, you know what, you know, whatever. Because it doesn't matter. It's one game in a long season, and you know that Lionel is going to come in there and he's going to try to coach his butt off to win that game. He really wants to win that game considering he's already lost to him. So, it really wouldn't surprise me if the Nets won that game, but if they do, I mean, whatever. Right. It's one game. All right. I mean, you beat the. I mean, especially if they beat Atlanta in the game before, because you would have already taken out the team that you really needed to prove yourself against anyway. Right. All right. Let's keep moving in in uh, the trending topics. Let's go to the next topic. Trending topics. Robert Pear will be making his way to All Star Weekend. Robert Pear, the owner of the Memphis Grizzlies, it was announced yesterday, was it? Yeah, that he's going to be playing um, alongside Kevin Hart and a bunch of other quote-unquote celebrities in the NBA's All-Star Weekend celebrity game. Of course, Robert Pear tried to play Tony Allen in a one-on-one game recently in the, in the past year or so and challenged Michael Jordan. And now he's finally going to be able to, to, to lace up his sneakers and get on NBA court and play against some WNBA players and some celebrities. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I think I told you guys that I think Robert Perry is going to try to find a way to uh, sign himself to a contract for the Memphis Grizzlies to play on the team because I think that's what he ultimately wants to do. And this is uh, probably the next best thing for him to have that opportunity to do is to actually get on the court and lace it up with some professional basketball players. When I say professional, I'm talking about, you know, at least the WNBA ladies, and you're going to have some ex-NBA players that are going to be out there as well. So um, I think, uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun to see him out there because we, we all really want to know how good of a basketball player he is anyway because he always talks about it. Right. So, um uh, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I can't remember the last time a, an owner played. You would think the only other person who would want to play would be Mark Cuban. I'm pretty sure he is not. Uh, I think that Mark Cuban may have. Did he? I, I don't know. I mean, he might maybe, have. maybe not. But yeah, he might have. But it wouldn't surprise me if he did. But like you said, if anybody else would do it, it would be Mark Cuban. Right, right. And then we uh, so and then the, then I got to thinking. I'm like, the Grizzlies could theoretically one year just. 
they could have the entire roster of a team in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game, if you think about it. They've got Robert Pear, who loves to play. They could bring in Justin Timberlake. He could bring his wife, Jessica Beal, when she's not pregnant. Then you have Peyton Manning. You have Elliot Perry. You have Penny Hardaway. You look at the roster. The Grizzlies have the best celebrity team roster, and they could just have their own team. They could be, you know, it's East versus West in the All-Star Game. It could just be the Grizzlies versus the rest in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. Well, you know, that would be a celebrity all-star game that I would love to watch if they did, like, uh, Celebrity Cities, and it was actually a game that was competitive. You know, just take, uh, you know, some of the best celebrity ballers from different cities and where you'll have, like, your best celebrity guys from Memphis and your best celebrity guys from Atlanta playing each other in a game. I, now, that would be basketball that I would love to watch for an all-star weekend. Right. All right, let's keep moving on in the trending topics. We'll go to the next trending topic. topics. This one... Is the Super Bowl. We'll put a bow on the Super Bowl and the NFL season, Marcus, because without a doubt, Super Bowl 49 was trending earlier this week. It feels like forever ago now. What uh, uh, what will you remember most about the Super Bowl? It was a, it was a terrific, terrific Super Bowl from start to finish. Outside of the commercials, uh, it was a good Super Bowl. What what I okay? The thing that I'm going to remember the most about this year's Super Bowl, uh, obviously, uh, Malcolm Butler, that interception that he had at the end of the game to win the game for the Patriots. And because, you know, he's from Vicksburg, Mississippi, which is 30 minutes from Jackson, Mississippi. And so this was a huge story for us down there. Malcolm Butler getting this game-winning interception, a kid from Vicksburg who went to Hines Community College, had to, got kicked out of Hines, worked in a Popeye, went back to Hines, and then, the, and then the way that he was able to get to what he was able to get to to make that play, that's a fantastic story in itself. So I'm always going to remember that. And unfortunately, I'm always going to remember and there was a kid who could not watch the Super Bowl because he had already passed away. That commercial was so depressing. I'm not going to be able to forget that. Like, what was Nationwide thinking? I'm watching the Super Bowl, and then I'm seeing this kid who can't watch the Super Bowl because his TV fell on his head. Like, what is going on? We we talked about it on the uh, podcast, Kevin, when you were on with us, and it was just one of those things where we were excited about the commercials, and it was the most depressing, serious group of commercials ever in, in Super Bowl history. Absolutely. You you look at the elements of a Super Bowl. It's the game. It's the commercials. It's the halftime show. We'll we'll talk on the we'll talk real quick, Marcus, on these commercials. You're right. The nationwide commercial was outrageous. It was depressing. But it's going to be most memorable if we go back and we look back to this year's Super Bowl. And it's always going to be the barometer that you gauge depressing commercials on, at least until somebody else tries to do it. So there's always Nationwide's name is going to be like at the end of the day, it might work. It's the you know no no publicity is bad publicity. That at the end of at the end of the day, like next year we'll be talking about what well, wasn't as depressing as that Nationwide commercial. Like we're going to continue to say the word Nationwide in association with Super Bowl commercials for years to come. So I think they got their money's worth. But that yes, that was a very depressing commercial. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they definitely did get their money's worth because I tell you this much, you know, now parents are going to start uh, finding different ways to mount their TVs because I tell you, that commercial <laughs> scared me, man. I was thinking about a TV falling on Tyler's head the whole time. I was like, oh, my God, this TV's going to fall on my child's head. So, <laughs> get away from the TV. Exactly. Uh, very depressing. So so we said all the commercials not very good. Doritos had a decent one, but but really not many funny ones. I, it was way too serious of commercials from the, from this year's Super Bowl. But you look at the halftime, yeah. the halftime show, though. What do you think about that? Well, I just wanted to say, GoDaddy tried to be funny, but then people got upset about the commercial and they had to pull their ad because people didn't like the GoDaddy funny ad. Uh, but anyway, um, the halftime show, listen, I thought the halftime show 
was great because Misty Elliott came out on the stage. And listen, I'm watching the halftime show, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm like, okay, Katy Perry's doing her thing. My daughter loves Katy Perry, so she was enjoying it. And then when Missy Elliott came out, I was just, I, I jumped up out of my seat. And I just started dancing and rapping to Missy. So for me, the best part of the halftime show was seeing Missy come out. Okay. Uh, that, uh, she was cool in the halftime show. I thought there was, you jumped on it real fast. The More You Know star that came out with Katy Perry. Oh, yeah. Oh, the More You Know star. As soon as I saw her on that star, it was the first thing I thought about I tell you, Katy Perry, she was awesome. I, because if you just think about the amount of stuff she was able to do, whether it was the sharks coming out, which was trending uh, earlier in the week, I, I, the, the the amount of just visual excitement that that, that that Super Bowl halftime had, and it's like 12 minutes long. You have to put on like this amazing concert and switch costumes and, and sets and everything. I thought it was a tremendous show. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it definitely was a tremendous show. And, uh, you know, you know, you leave it to the children to let you know how fantastic that is because Kyla kept saying, how did she change her outfit that fast? I mean, it was fantastic the way she was able to pull all that off. Right. It was a great show. It was very entertaining. Left shark could dance. But, <laughs> hey, that was funny to watch as well. It was great. I think she, we've had two great Super Bowl halftime shows. I think she did better than Bruno Mars because she put on a, just a better yeah. show than Bruno Mars. But you can debate whether yeah. you like – some people might like Bruno Mars's music better than Katy Perry's music. You can fight over that. But her show was better. Her celebrity guest, you like the celebrity guest. I thought she, oh, yeah. I thought she you know, M- Missy's all right, bringing out Missy. Definitely reintroduced her to a, to a lot of folks. A lot of, a lot of folks right. did not know who did she was. Say, did you just say Missy's all right? Listen, Kevin, I don't think you understand how much music that you have listened to in your life that Miss Elliott has produced and has her hands on. She may be, she's all right, but the music that she puts out there is a lot of the music that you love. That's why Missy coming out there was just so impressive because she's just a fantastic producer of music. Okay, that's that's fair, Marcus. That's fair. I, I, I apologize for offending you and Missy Nation. The other part of the of the Super Bowl is, of course, the actual football game, which I think uh, goes up there. It's a, a without a doubt a top five game of in Super Bowl history, if not the best. It had one of the best finishes. I've always looked towards Titans Rams Super Bowl as being one of the best finishes in Super Bowl history because you're one yard away. But here we are, one yard away again, and having a completely different uh, conclusion to the football game. Yeah, and uh, that, listen, that was a very shocking end to that game. Um, I, like, immediately, I thought the same thing that everybody else thought in the world. Why were they not running the football? There was no way that they were going to stop Marshall unless the one-yard line. This just wasn't going to happen. So um, to make the decision to throw right there and to throw into a crowded area, I mean, there were so many things that could have gone wrong. The ball could have gotten deflected and bounced up in the air, and it could have gotten intercepted. Uh, and I mean, I mean, we saw what happened. They ultimately did get intercepted. Russell Wilson uh, could have gotten sacked and dropped the ball. He could have gotten sacked and lost four yards in that play. So there were so many things that could have gone wrong. The safe bet was to run it. And I, obviously, the Seattle Seahawks cost themselves the Super Bowl. But I, you know, it, it, it was the only thing I hated about it, Kevin. I'll be honest with you. I wanted the Seattle Seahawks to score on the last play of the game with no time left, so that the game could have been ended, and that would have been beneficial for me. Okay. <laughs> without, kicking, without kicking the extra point. They score the touchdown, no extra point, game's over. Oh, you're talking Super Bowl squares? I'm talking Super Bowl squares. <laughs> I was looking at it because it's the Seattle Seahawks right. had a score with no time left in that game. There would have been no need right. to take the extra point. That's and all. so they would have ended and they would have, with, with, with the zero, 
and the Patriots would have had what they had as the eight, and they would have won my Super Bowl square. I haven't even thought. I haven't even thought about that. Like, yeah, your Super yeah. Bowl square was in play, but no, I, yeah, my Super Bowl squares were out of play. I wanted the best finish. <laughs> we had the best, one of the best catches in Super Bowl history. This hasn't been overshadowed by one of the worst oh, calls. Yeah. So you're talking. This is probably. Maybe. I, it was without a doubt a candidate for the best Super Bowl. I would put it maybe up there as the best Super Bowl. I know we're so close to it, but you talk about from the best catch to the worst uh, call in Super Bowl history, arguably, both happened back-to-back at the very end of the ball game. So, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was an, it was an awesome game. I mean, just this great day. Okay, let's move on our last trending topic. Trending topics. Remains us right here on this program as we continue our campaign to put the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame inside the Mid-South Coliseum, Marcus. I was on uh, Local 24, CW30, Channel 3 this week. They all did stories on our push. Our buddy Greg Akers has a post up at uh, the Memphis Business Journal's website about uh, how we're advocating for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in the Mid-South Coliseum. You can go to that post. I just found this out this morning. They have a poll on there where you're supposed to vote for what you want to happen to the Mid-South Coliseum. And so I encourage everyone to go vote. This morning when I saw it, we were losing the vote, actually, but now have taken the lead. Here are your choices of what should be done with the Mid-South Coliseum, according to the Memphis Business Journal, Marcus. I want to hear your your what you're going to vote for. Tear it down. Start from scratch on that property. Or preserve it at all costs. I don't want to... I don't uh, know what to do with it, but don't tear it down. Uh, renovate it for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Renovate it for an under 5,000-seat venue, or I don't care. So those are your five choices you can vote for right now at the Memphis Business Journal. We'll post, we'll post it on the Cerrito Live Facebook page. Marcus, go ahead. Spoil your vote. What are you voting for? Uh, wow. Um, that's a difficult one there. Uh, <laughs> there are two options there that I really like, uh, with one being the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and the other being uh, the uh, 5,000 seat uh, venue because I, I think both of those things can really serve a great purpose for Memphis because when you have um, the high school basketball city championships at the, in the, at the end of the year and you have teams playing at other teams home venues it's not in the room and so a lot of fans are left on the outside so it'll be great if uh, it could be a venue that can hold and host those college basketball tournaments uh, at, or, you know playoffs at the end of the year and other small you know smaller events uh, that can go to the city of Memphis it'll be great for that It'll also be great to have the Hall of Fame in there. So right now, I'm thinking maybe you can uh, preserve it at all costs and combine the two somehow where you have the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in the same building where you have like a smaller venue. I think that's something that could actually be done because the building itself, it is big enough for that. Right. Um, but it, it's all about how it gets done because so those are some really good suggestions there. Um, but I would have to say... That the 5,000 seat venue and the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame are two very, very good ideas. Okay, wrong answer. No, I'm just kidding. No, I do, I do think that they both, they both could work together because our uh, idea to put the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in the Mid South Coliseum, it, it 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 can be done where the part of the building is used for another purpose, and like continuing to try to make it a venue for 5,000 seat uh, or under because of the no compete calls with the Grizzlies. It, yes, it's a possibility, but we want people to go vote, Marcus, for the one to put the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in the Mid South Coliseum, and it now is yeah, the leader. Exactly. This yeah. morning when I saw it, it wasn't, uh, but we have shared it on Facebook and Twitter. And now it's it's definitely in the lead. We want it to, what, to keep uh, moving up there. What, what was the leader? What was the leader? The leader was this morning when I looked at it. Tear it down. Start from scratch on that property, which is now in second. Oh, wow. So right now, Pro, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame leads at forty percent. Uh, start from scratch is at twenty eight percent. The five thousand seat venues at twenty four percent. And uh, so those are your top three leaders right there. 
But because I mean, there's yeah. not many ideas out there. There are really only two ideas, and, and it is to make it a 5,000-seat arena and it's to make it the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And, and our idea, we're willing to work with any of the other idea because the building can be shared. I think to make it to make it work. But if you're interested, we announced just yesterday, uh, Marcus, that if you're interested in helping out in our movement, we're going to have a meeting at the Green Beetle on February 17th at 7 p.m. for a brief introduction and Q and A about um, our campaign and our push to put the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in the Mid South Coliseum. So if you want to help out, if you think you can help out uh, in this movement, there will be a meeting at the Green Beetle on South Main. That's where I host trivia one day a week. But it's where it's a Tuesday, February 7th. February 17th, yeah. That's a Tuesday at 7 p.m. for a brief introduction and Q&A. I was thinking like 17th. I was trying to do the math. Like that seems very soon, but Valentine's is 14th on a Saturday. So that is the correct date. 17th, 7 o'clock, Green Beetle, South Main, Q&A. We've got to put this Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in the Mid-South Coliseum. It continues to trend this week, and we want to keep keep getting out there. Keep sharing it on Facebook and uh, keep and vote. Vote in this poll. We've got to win this poll, if anything, from the Business Journal. All right, that yeah, does you got it. That does oh. that does it this week for trending topics, Marcus. We will talk to you next Saturday. All right, be good, fellas, and uh, holla back. All right, that's Marcus Hunter. Follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore underscore Hunter. He's also on Instagram, and so am I. You can follow me on Instagram at Kevin Cerrito. Follow me on Twitter at Cerrito. CJ's at Conradicalness. Drew, what is your Twitter? You're filling for Johnny Radio. Who's at Johnny underscore Radio? My Twitter is D Barrett three six. All right, get Drew some get Drew some more followers. We're also on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Cerrito Live. That's where we'll be posting and the link where you can go vote for what you want to happen to the Mid-South Coliseum. And uh, we're also on Snapchat, Cerrito Live on Snapchat. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. But before we go to break, um, let me tell you about Amazon.com. I know everybody already knows Amazon.com is the Earth's biggest uh, selection of everything, pretty much. But did you know now that you can support Local when you shop at Amazon. That's right. When you shop at Amazon.com, uh, you can help support this show. Now, uh, go to CerritoLive.com slash Amazon before you shop at Amazon.com. That's CerritoLive.com slash Amazon. And Amazon will give a portion of their proceeds from your purchase back to this show. So you can shop local while shopping on Amazon.com. There are no hidden fees or additional charges when you shop that way. So just think about us. Next time you use Amazon, just think we'll start our shopping. We'll go to CerritoLive.com slash Amazon. First and start your shopping there, and uh, it'll be it'll be awesome. It's it's the way to go. No additional charges, no hidden fees. Same great deals from Amazon, but you'll be helping us out as well. When we come back, we'll talk to Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. We'll talk about the Grizzlies and the end of the streak. You're listening to Cerrito Live here on Real Sports Talk Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Where Memphis comes for Real Sports Talk Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Thanks for making Cerrito Live part of your weekend. If you're out traveling around the Memphis area, I highly recommend you give Uber a try. Uber is, of course, the ride-sharing app now that's out there. It is... Still going on in Memphis, Tennessee. You can ride for free on Uber anytime by using the promo code Uber Cerrito. That's U-B-E-R-C-E-R-R-I-T-O. Just type in Uber Cerrito and you'll get $20 off your first ride with Uber. Uber's faster, cheaper, and more reliable than, than most taxis. Uh, just download the Uber app to your phone and then you tap a button and they'll pick you up in minutes and you use the code Uber Cerrito and you get that free ride. That's $20. Should be enough for a free ride unless you're going from like West Memphis all the way to to Arlington or something. That's probably still within the range. You can check it on your phone to see how how far you can go for 20 bucks on Uber. So use Uber code Uber Cerrito. 
Joining us in studio, as he does each and every week in the 11 o'clock hour on this program, is the Memphis Grizzlies writer for the Memphis Flyer. He's Kevin Leip, and he joins us now. What's up, Light? How's it going, man? It's good to see you on what could be the last day of our friendship. <laughs> possible. It is possible. We'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, but first, let's talk about uh, some interesting stuff going on. The Grizzlies, of course, their, their winning streak ended last night in a very unceremonial fashion. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think last night was just a classic trap game, right? It's the last game of a road trip against a bad team. They've got the Hawks coming up on Sunday. Um, you could just tell the entire time they were looking past it. They too many turnovers, not not really paying attention, taking care of the ball. Uh, they they were trying to just play just hard enough not to lose. And uh, this year they're good enough that they can do that a lot, but it didn't work out. It didn't work out for them last night. We were talking the Timberwolves, one of the worst teams in the NBA. They're tied with like the worst record, or the second worst record in the entire association right now. So that is, it can be disappointing. But like well, this, I think I think the Timberwolves look worse than they are. They had a lot. They had a lot of injuries. Rubio's been hurt. Uh, Pekovic has been hurt. Uh, Kevin Martin's been hurt. I mean, they've they've had a lot of guys with injuries. So I, I still don't think they're a very good team. But I think they're better than the record now that they have everybody back. Grizzlies had a chance to to extend their win streak to a brand new franchise record of nine last night. They didn't do it when it looked like it was set up to happen and be on the streak heading into the game against Atlanta on Sunday. So what last night's loss does it to you? Does it say something about this Grizzlies team, or does it say something just about the NBA schedule and how the NBA works? Uh, both. You know, I think that you see a lot of times veteran teams um, like the Grizzlies are. They've been in a lot of playoff battles together. Um, they they kind of they figure out their gears right. I think Bill Simmons likes to talk about teams having gears and stuff. And, right uh, against the, against these bad teams, you know they're they're finally in a place where like they're second in the West. They don't have to. It's not like they're the Suns fighting to stay in the playoff race. They don't have to win every night. Every night is not a life or death thing. And they 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 don't have to work as hard against bad teams as they as they used to. Um, and so they they take nights off. I mean, I think that's exactly what happened in Utah too. They only won that game by ten points. Right. Um, uh, I mean, you got to be careful. You got to yeah. be careful on 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 that. But again, in the playoffs, you don't you're not going to take nights off. So right. by the time you get to the playoff, the the reason for concern is yes, this team you could be concerned that they don't play up always to their competition until the fourth quarter or, or however you look at it. But in the playoffs, that's not you, know, you shouldn't be concerned that the Grizzlies are going to do that. Right. No, I, I'm not worried about it. Not every, at all. Every season you win some games you're not supposed to win and you lose some you're not supposed to lose. But when you become, I guess if you're the second team, best team in the NBA or in the Western Conference like the Grizzlies are right now, you're supposed to win every game. So right. there's a good chance it ups your chances of losing some games you're not supposed to lose because you're considered the best team in mo- the majority of your matchups. Yeah, and I think that I think it's different from last last year's team. Kind of would come out and just not. They just didn't look like they were together and didn't look like they wanted to win and whatever. Uh, and, and that actually did bite them in the playoffs. They had, I think it was game six uh, at home where they, they, they kind of got down big and had to come back. And, um, you know, 
I, I think it's different this year. This year, it's not that they are just not with it. It's like they're just they're taking the night off, and it's kind of obvious that they're taking the night off. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think it's anything to worry about long term. All right, Kevin Labs joining us in studio at Flyer Grizz blog on Twitter. That's with only one Z. And you read his stuff at the Memphis Flyers website and sometimes inside the Memphis Flyer as well. If you go to Beyond the Arc blog at, at memphisflyer.com, there's some cool stories up. Like, of course, you always kind of do your, your next day notes. And, but you've got the Q&A with David Aldrich. How did that come about? That what you posted last week. Yeah. Um, that, well, that came about because Turner PR called me and said, Hey, you want to talk to David Aldrich? <laughs> oh, really? And I was like, All right. <laughs> So TNT's um, David Aldridge used to be at ESPN, sideline reporter. So you talked to him. You're I like, did. Yeah, sure. um, and, you know, he's a really smart guy, uh, watches a lot of basketball. So um, I kind of just picked his brain about the the Grizzlies and, and kind of what's different about them this year. Um, got his take on the Marcus Hall situation. Uh, he kind of like everybody else who's uh, close to it, I guess, uh, just thinks, you know, Gasol is, is pretty much not guaranteed, but it doesn't. Right now, it doesn't make sense for him to, to sign anywhere else. There's not any 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 teams that that it seems like he would be willing to leave for. Uh, he did mention San Antonio, and you know that's kind of the big the elephant in the room is what is San Antonio going to do? Are they going to try to make a run at him? Whatever. Um, but you know, that's such a, a traitor move if that happened. It is, you know. Um, but and again, you wonder like if is if, is he willing to make such a uh, Benedict Arnold type of uh, move. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't either. But uh, so that's interesting. You can read that uh, your full Q and A with David Aldridge on at uh, Beyond the Arc blog. You also started a Beyond the Arc podcast this week. You know, I'm the, I'm the king of podcasts. You copycat. Yeah, I know, right? Everybody's <laughs> got a podcast these days, so I figured I should join the party. Um, you know, we just. Uh, this is just something uh, Phil, uh, who's on the show with me, is just a buddy of mine, and uh, he does kind of some radio stuff, so he's editing it. And we yeah, just who figured, is this guy? Tell us, tell me about this guy. What, what does he do? Uh, he's a radio host. I go, I do a segment on his show every week too, um, and have been forever since the the straight out of Vancouver days or whatever. And uh, you know, uh, oh, so you, okay, yeah, cool. And, hey. and we just kind of been talking about it a little while, and he was like, you know, I'll edit it. We just have to talk for thirty minutes and then post it. Um, so. That's kind of what we're doing. I just kind of put it out there and see what people think and see if it's even see if people like it and see where it goes from there. It's not really a not really a multimedia empire kind of thing. It's just I, I, have I like the name Beyond the Arc Podcast. It's very straightforward. <laughs> very straightforward. And what's the plan on you? You guys, I mean, you plan on doing once a month, once a week, every other week, or just... uh, I don't. I don't even know. I mean, we may try to do it every week at first, maybe every other week. I don't think it's going to be a very guest heavy kind of thing. I right. think it's just going to be two guys kind of talking about basketball for about half an hour. That's cool. Yeah. It's a quick download, and you can do it on your way to listen on your way to work or at the gym or whatever. Yeah, that's the plan. So check out the Beyond the Arc podcast. It's up at the Beyond the Arc blog. And so if we we look ahead for the Grizzlies, we've got Lionel Hollins night on Tuesday. Which I, the streak ending, I think, might be a good thing. That it, but Marcus, it, it, is, Marcus is coming back to Memphis for that, right? He's going to be here from. For oh, a while I'm sure he's going to be there front row. He's probably invited guests by Lionel Hollins and getting Hollins tickets for that game. <laughs> but so it's uh, Yabba Dabba Do night on Tuesday with Lionel Hollins. Sunday though is the Atlanta Hawk game. These are two awesome home games coming up. These are two of the the biggest home games of the year are going to be back to back right before the All Star break. Well, and need the break. The Nets are not very good, so I don't know about that. <laughs> But it's well, it's storyline, storyline. Like sometimes it's not about what's on the court; it's what's in the the, the story going on, which is right. 
I mean, the Hawks are the best team in the NBA, really, right now, up with the Golden State Warriors, which was not expected. When we, the schedule came out, you're not expecting the Sunday game against the Hawks to be that big of a deal. And then you have uh, Lionel Hollins. We knew that one was going to be big, circled it. Yes, the Nets, Nets are terrible, but Hollins will still be there, and he'll still be asked about his quote about saying Memphis is in the, in the Stone Ages. And what right. if, if he, you know he's going to be coming to try to win it. He yep. is going to be, yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be a pride game for him, I'm sure, whether he admits it or not. And... Um, and throw in this twist. How about this? The Commercial Appeal came out with their list this week for the greatest Grizzlies or whatever. They're having some bracket in the CA. Uh-huh. Lionel Hollins is not on the list for greatest Grizzly, and I'm sure he is ticked about that because he probably thinks he is the greatest Grizzly. He probably does think he is the greatest <laughs> Grizzly, um, but I, I don't see him having a lot of ill will towards the Commercial Appeal. Oh, <laughs> that is true. I'm shocked he's not on the list because of that. But on on that note, speaking of ill will, this could, this could be the last time you're on the show because coming up uh, – at halftime on Sunday's game in Atlanta, we talked about it your entire segment last week. It is a big matchup because it is going to involve your daughter and my nephew in the Grizzlies MP500 race, which happens uh, once a year at FedEx Forum. And only one time in history has a uh, female participant won the race. And that's the daughter of uh, Rob Fisher, the TV sideline reporter for the Memphis Grizzlies, also pregame, halftime, uh, postgame host. Best friends with Ric Flair now, and uh, <laughs> and you can hear him every day right here on, on Sports 56 on Fish and Staff. He's Rob Fisher, and he joins us right now. What's up, Fish? Hello. Good morning. How are you, fellas? Doing good. Yeah, we're doing we're doing great. Good good to uh, have you on the program. We're going to talk baby racing in just a second, but how was it meeting Ric Flair last Saturday? At the, it, was pretty, it was pretty cool. I know, I know you're a huge wrestling fan, <laughs> yes. and I, I'm not so much a huge wrestling fan, but I was when I was when I was little and, and growing up and watching uh, wrestling at the Chase in St. Louis and, you know, the late 70s and the early 80s and Ric Flair was the big deal then. Uh, so I remember Ric Flair, if, if, if there were there were probably four wrestlers out there that I would be really excited about having on the show, Ric Flair's definitely at the top of the list. So that was that was really cool. It was it, And he was he was a treat and started taking his jacket off and started screaming. It was, it was we lost control of the show, which we expected. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he is the nature boy. All right, uh, Fish, Fish is joining us, but we we got you. We wanted to have you on because Leip's got his daughter in the baby race tomorrow. I've got my nephew, so we're going yeah. head to head. This is uh, started as a friendly rivalry, but I think it's going to turn pretty ugly uh, yeah. by the end of it at halftime on Sunday Sunday evening. And since your daughter actually won the race, the only female winner ever, I believe, yeah, and the and and the youngest ever win the race too, yeah. So we thought you could give us give some tips. What are the strategies for just for for Lipe or or for, for my nephew going into this race on Sunday, this baby race at halftime of the Grizzlies game? Our strategy was very simple. Um, well, first we we didn't think we had a shot because she had just started crawling like weeks before the race, and oh, wow. so so we thought we were certainly the underdog in the race. Had no expectations, but our only strategy was. She really loves her mother, so put her mother at the finish line. That was it. That was pretty much it. And when she saw her mother all the way down at half court, I'm holding her. She wanted to get to mom, so as soon as I put her down, boom, she was off. And she got to mom as quick as she could, like she still does to this day. So put put the parent that she loves the most at the finish line. That was our strategy, and it worked out swimmingly. Oh, that's going to be painful. (laughs) <laughs> Which one? Who, who, how do you get to decide, Lipe, if if you're, if, if Tayshana, baby Tayshana, loves you or? 
or Mrs. Light. But do y'all know? Have y'all talked about it? I'm pretty Which sure. One? I'm pretty sure that she will crawl to her mother before she crawls to me. That's yeah. That's, it's I sad. It's sad to admit. It's sad to admit. But that was that was the strategy. Go get mom. Boom. She was off and uh, and never looked back. Unfortunately. <laughs> We've got a few toys that she likes. We've got a few toys that she likes that we know that it, when she sees them, she'll want to play with them. So I'm And maybe blinders. They're... Blinders are good. Put blinders on. Don't want any distractions from the side. You know, because Grizz kind of is out there, so you don't want the Grizz distraction. That's the so thing. Distraction that... from the other kids, too. You need blinders. That's the thing that I'm worried about. I, I'm... I'm about a 60% confidence that she's just going to stop about 20 feet into the thing and just sit there and look around and be like, wow, there's a lot of people here, and and that's going to be it. So, Yes, that is always the fear. But it's always the entertainment for us who are watching. It's true. It's when they stop. Crushing, crushing defeat is entertaining for everybody else. Rob, Rob Fisher is joining us at the Fish Nation. Of course, you watch. Everybody knows who he is. If you watch the Grizzlies broadcast and listen to fishing stats right here on Sports Fifty Six, but they may not know that his daughter is a tremendous crawler, or at least at the time was very, very good at crawling. And I had my niece was in the race a few years ago. I think the year before your before your your daughter fish, and she did stop halfway through and started flapping her arms uh, up up and down and all around. So. Uh, it it's it can it can be a, not necessarily a, a stressful, but and, and I don't know. If there's a way to train your kid to be ready to to be in that environment. Like, how did right. you get your your baby ready for this environment? When I well, it's it, it's tough in the environment. But the good thing was, you know, with the job that I have, oh, no. she loves she loves coming to the games, and she loved coming to the games before she could walk. So, and a lot of times she'd come down and she'd be down on the floor before the game oh. and just would be in, and, and now it's at the point where when she comes to the arena, uh. you know, she's back by the, by, by the lounge and she sees the tunnel and she just wants to go out there. She just loves to be in the lower bowl and just to see the, the massive building and wants to go out on the floor and play and start throwing a ball around and her and Brevin play one-on-one because, you know, they're about the same size. So they'll play a little bit and. Um, so she loves the atmosphere. So she was kind of comfortable with the atmosphere to begin with. And then as far as training, it was just whenever I was out of town, apparently there were some secret training sessions going on with, with my wife and the child where they would, uh, they, they did some crawling exercises, uh, that I was unaware of. Uh, because when it happened, I was I was stunned at how good she was. <laughs> this is this is outrageous. It sounds like we need to put an asterisk on this victory. Yeah. So you brought her. <laughs> she got to practice on the court before. No, 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 no. She didn't practice on the court. She just got used to the ambiance. Okay, the so building, because you, you know, could, so, okay, yeah. bring the baby to the games. So yeah, she's yeah. used to being in the building and the atmosphere that, that will surround for the baby race. So the baby race yeah. is, is Sunday at at halftime. Um, are they never going to have like an all-star reunion of all the winners and have a big race? You think? I think they should. I mean, we haven't allowed her to walk <laughs> because we wanted to come back and and you know defend the title, uh, it, but they, they they're not allowing that. So we should probably have her start walking at some point. Yeah, that's, that'd be a good plan. Your your <laughs> your kid cannot be walking to enter the race. So the race, which <laughs> right. is, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. But you didn't. So so, just, so defending the title is very difficult. Right. So no no baby steroids or anything. She no, was, no, no, no. That, that, that's against the rules. So, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't do that. I mean, we, we certainly put some Gatorade in the middle, and what, uh, that was good. What that did helped. she eat before the race? Do you know? Well, I don't she know. Strict I, 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 she, well, yeah, she was on a strict workout regimen. Frank, 
Frank the Life Changer was uh, <laughs> putting her through some stuff. To, you know, oh, yeah. climbing hills. It was, yeah, it was tough. Oh, he was involved. So hire Frank the Life Changer. So she blew out her Yeah, and unfortunately, so. after working with him, she now has a torn ACL. So that's <laughs> right. It's funny how that happens. But it was a bold move not to have a toy. I think that's a bold move because I think you. Can't. Yeah, we went. We went no toy. It was no toy. Just uh, it was. I think it was. It was mom and a pacifier. That was it. That was it. That's all that was needed. It was. It was destiny. So, all right, Fish. Well, we appreciate you joining us and giving us some tips because it, it's 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 going to be a big day for us tomorrow. My nephew versus uh, Leip's daughter Tayshana on on the uh, the court. Grady versus Tayshana. Number nine versus number four. Number if you're four. watching the game. Um, at FedEx yeah, form. and Keegan will be at the game tomorrow to to wish to wish you all well, you know, and uh, might even come into the locker room give a little pep talk on uh, on how to get it done <laughs> as a as a former champion. Oh, we would appreciate that. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Thanks, Fish. Thanks for joining us. All right, guys. All right, that's Rob Fisher. Of course, watch him on the Grizzlies TV broadcast and at the Fish Nation on Twitter. Are you ready? You think you got enough advice? I would. I, that, that's I shocking to me. No toy. No toy is really surprising. Yeah, but uh, you know, I feel like maybe I should have used my uh, my. I should have abused my media access to get uh, to get our daughter onto the court. An unfair some, advantage some to try to gain some sort of. Un- I mean, that's advantage. that's a scandal waiting to happen. I think he might have slipped up when he talked about it and then kind of backed off. This is like Brian Williams' yeah, is the Barry brand Barnes new of, new uh, schedule uh, thing. He's he's re- retelling his old story. Oh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but okay, fish. We'll we'll see. Congratulations! Though. His only only female ever to win. It'd be terrible if they had to to, to rip the title away from her and put an asterisk on there until Sunday. Until Sunday. All right, Light. Well, thanks for coming in studio. We appreciate it, and uh, we will uh, catch up with you uh, next week. Always a pleasure. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. It's yeah. gonna get. It's gonna be. We'll be live tweeting this. Follow him on Twitter at Flyer Grizz Blog. We'll be right back with Jason Wexler, the president of uh, business operations for your Memphis Grizzlies. You're listening to Cerrito Live on Real Sports Talk Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Yes. Presented by Auto Nation GMC. 3 till 6 every weekday. Right here on Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Welcome back. Joining us now, he is... uh, the president of business operations for the Memphis Grizzlies. His name is Jason Wexler. This is his first time on the show, and he joins us now. What's up, Mr. Wexler? Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks thanks for coming on. Um, we were hoping to be hyping up the big win streak today, but that's not going to happen, I guess. Yeah, that's sometimes the best laid marketing plans uh, <laughs> don't always pan out, you know. But, but luckily, the next two games market themselves for the Grizzlies with with the Atlanta game on Sunday and the big baby race at halftime that we just got done talking about, and uh, Lionel Hollins on Tuesday. It's a big week at FedEx Forum. Yeah, it's nice. It's good to sort of close the first half of the season ahead of the All-Star break with a couple of big games and keep the momentum going. Tomorrow against Atlanta, there's only a few tickets left, so if people are planning on trying to get there and go last minute, better get online uh, now and grab them. Um, it's nice this year because historically Sundays haven't been big games and quite frankly you know historically Hawks games haven't been big games and then this year Sundays have been huge and Hawks is huge and it's going to be a sellout again tomorrow which is really exciting yeah history has taken a different turn this year Hawks game have not been big on the road or at home for the Hawks and and now they they're uh, definitely a hot ticket a- across the country uh, so Jason Wexler is joining us follow him on Twitter at Main Street Memphis that's street with just ST 
He is the president of business operations. And uh, real quick, your boss is playing in the NBA All-Star Game. I know that now, Robert Para. We also have Mark Gasol playing. I believe uh, Joey, the MC of the Grizzlies uh, at the games, will be there. What is the, what all is the, that, is that all the All-Star presence that we're going to be having? Uh, actually, we're going to have a bunch of people up there. I'm actually going to be up there a little bit. It's, it, it's kind of like you know how around the Final Four, there's all the coaches' meetings and NCAA meetings. Around the All-Star game, there's a lot of business meetings that take place as well. So some of the front office staff is going to be there. We've got uh, you know, Dick Modisette, one of our cameramen, is going to be up there following uh, Mark around, trying to get some good footage for us. Spencer Sue, who runs our social media, is going to be up there and, and getting good posts out and getting good information out from behind the scenes that uh, – all-Star Weekend with Mark and uh, Ross Wooden's going to be up there for PR stats, all of that good stuff. So we're going to actually have a pretty strong presence. We're, it's really exciting to have somebody voted in as a starter, first time in Grizzlies history. We want to make sure we capture it appropriately, and it'll be a lot of fun to have Robert in the celebrity game, too. Yeah, it's it's historic, and with Robert Perry also playing in the, the All-Star celebrity game, it got me thinking, like, you're, while you're up there, throw out the idea, because I think one year it could be the Grizzlies versus the rest in the celebrity all-star game because the Grizzlies <laughs> with, with Robert Pear, with Justin Timberlake, with Jessica Beale, with Peyton Manning and Elliot Perry and Penny Hardaway and everybody involved with this team, like the Grizzlies could put together a pretty strong roster to go against any celebrities. And as far as celebrities go, that's a pretty grit and grind roster too. So I think we'd be able to carry our brand all the way through the celebrity game too. So it'd work out perfectly. Grizz versus the rest, and the you know it's, it's West versus East. Just have the they always try to play with those with those gimmicks All Star Weekend. Just try to just bring it up casually, I guess, in a conversation <laughs> with somebody. If I'm, if I'm sitting next to Adam for a few minutes, I'll uh, you know the commissioner. I'll, I'll try and drop it. Right, I'm not on that first name basis, but by the way, just <laughs> making it sound like I am. <laughs> All right, we're, talk- we're talking with Jason Jason Wexler from uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. And a big night for you guys was last week. We were, we thought it was so awesome at wrestling night at, at FedEx Forum. And I know you guys put a lot of work into that. Ric Flair being there, Jerry the King Lawler being there, Lance Russell, Dave Brown, the wrestling belts. Um, I mean, has there been a night in the regular season that you guys have walked away saying that was a success, as big of a success as that was? Uh, you know, we've had some pretty special games because, you know, the games on the floor always matter. It was nice to get a win. It was nice to really go out there and, you know, kind of put the hammer down on OKC at home. That was a good thing. The programming around it, Pugs and Potter and Joey and Carly and the crew, they did an amazing job with respect to that. For me, on the business side, it was really exciting because it was our second highest grossing revenue regular season game ever in the history of the Grizzlies. Um, number one was the Miami Heat game last oh, March. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where you, when you're planning your schedule at the beginning of the year, you know, you got to have this balance. Like, well, okay, see, on a Saturday night, it's already going to be a big game. You know, do we want to do something on that game since it's already going to be big and maybe pick a lesser game to, to promote? And, you know, decided to go, well, let's, you know, really blow this game out and do a great promo and great event around it what's already going to be a great game and, you know, try and amplify uh, what's going to be a fun experience anyway. And it really worked out amazingly well. So, you know, from the pregame show, everybody was in the arena two hours early. The doors opened. There was a big cheer. Everybody's running and getting their belts. And, you know, the Grizz Flex hashtag, everything just worked. You know, one of those nights where it all went well. It was so awesome. Such a Memphis night. Hopefully you guys get to do wrestling night uh, again next year. I know it may be hard to do the belt promo again, but you could always do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll get a rake off on the eBay uh, fees next time or something. <laughs> 
Right. And and but hey, you know, maybe next year you do Jerry Lawler bobblehead with it with him in a Grizz uniform or something. There's something out there <laughs> for rest- Strap drops already, right? Right. Absolutely. Uh, Jason Wexler is joining us from the Memphis Grizzlies. He's the president of business operations at Main Street Memphis on Twitter. Uh, next thing, real fast. I mean, this is our show's been advocating this campaign to turn the Mid South Coliseum into a pro wrestling Hall of Fame, and yeah. it's kind of coming off of the same topic. And and you're involved with the, with the with the Grizzlies organization, and you guys have the no compete clause. And there's all this controversy. And I know you may not know the details uh, particularly on this. But on exactly what the clause means or, or whatever, but can you explain any of that? Because so many people trying to save the Coliseum are confused on the the no compete between the form and in the Coliseum or any venue, I guess, in Memphis. Yeah, I can explain a little bit. It, it goes back to the you know, beginning when FedEx Forum was being built and they didn't know what was going to happen with the pyramid, and there was a lot of concern originally that here we were FedEx Forum and the Grizzlies are responsible for the operating expenses and balance sheet of FedEx Forum that we'd be trying to attract concerts at FedEx Forum and the city or whoever was managing the pyramid would be competing for those same concerts and events. Um, so what they did is they put a clause in the lease that says anything 5,000 seats and above is FedEx Forum territory and anything 5,000 seats below is free to, you know, that's not really competition. And I think where some people kind of get confused a, a little bit on it is they assume every concert or event we have is a 10,000 plus seat concert or event, but really things like Harlem Globetrotters, Disney on Ice, and truthfully a lot of the concerts too, the sweet spot for them is in that six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 seats per show. So we do a lot of business in that range, and that's why that number was at the 5,000 seat number. If it's less than 5,000, doesn't really belong in FedEx form. If it's more than five thousand, it's a good fit for us, and so you know that's where it came about, and um, you know that that's the history of the clause and, and why it takes effect the way it does. Okay, cool. So let's say theoretically, like the Coliseum was open for venue, uh, events, and Disney on Ice wanted to to come, or let's just say some concert, some random guy wanted to come for a concert. Right. And would you guys have first refusal where you would, if you didn't want to have that event or couldn't because of a Grizzlies game or something, or the dates didn't line up, then could you pass it to the Coliseum? Or is, I mean, how does that, how did, would it work if somebody wanted to come and play the Coliseum? Uh, you know, it's tricky because you know, mm-hmm. from our perspective, it would really need to be less than a 5,000 seat venue. Right. So you're not even at, really at risk of having that kind of competition. And if it's less than, you know, if it's somebody who is, Otherwise playing the Orpheum or otherwise playing Mud Island River Park or, or, you know, another venue, of, you know, in that same size, we're not competing for those shows anyway because it's not profitable for the promoter and it's not, you know, worthwhile for us to, to book that. So really the industry kind of sorts itself out a little bit along those lines of shows that reach a certain point, shows that don't. Um, you know, our biggest comp- competition locally, quite frankly, is Snowden Grove for concerts and events. Um, and then we also, you know, compete with just the routing and logistics. A lot of it, the uh, concert business is really about where can I get the trucks loaded up and get them to the next night and, yeah, you know, where does that fit in with the schedule and whether or not we have a game and those kinds of things. A little bit of it is that, that routing and competition. All right, we're about to wrap things up with Jason Wexler. He's the president of business operations for the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's say theoretically Joe Millionaire, Billionaire came, bought the Coliseum from the city. Would, would that clause be in effect? Do you have any idea? Yeah, it still is in effect. It's in the lease, and it's uh you know a twenty five year lease we have, so uh, that, okay. that clause is still there. 
Okay, very cool. Well, I, I, we're advocating for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. We aren't really advocating for the arena <laughs> aspect of it, but I, I thought uh, we, you know, we'd get you on to, to clarify some of, yeah, of that no aspect and see if the Grizzlies are, are behind our, our Hall of Fame idea. You like the idea of putting a Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame? I, I think it's one of those things where publicly we have to take a uh, no comment uh, position <laughs> because uh, our, our goal is to advocate on behalf of FedEx Forum. Right. Try not to step into... Uh, you know, things that uh, are hot topics around the rest of the city if we don't have to uh, step into we, them. But I, get I appreciate their dialogue. I think it's, it's fascinating to watch the ideas come about and see, you know, what everybody thinks could be done there. I think that's uh, a neat process to see. Can we get you to say you'll donate one of the wrestling belts to the museum if it opens? That we can do. We'll stash one away. We only have like one or two. <laughs> but, uh, we'll have to. We'll have to put it in, in, you know, preservation somewhere. Cool. So we'll have a Grizzlies wrestling belt in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame if it ever opens in the Coliseum. Uh, Mr. Wexler, thanks so much for joining us. Everybody, follow him on Twitter at uh, Main Street Memphis. That's Main S T Memphis. And I know you got a meeting to get to, so we appreciate you carving out some time for us this morning. Thank you. Appreciate it, y'all. All right. Thanks. All right. We gotta take a quick time.